Hello everyone, sorry for jumping in before the episode, but I just want to tell you all about the Thinking in English Patreon. Patreon is a way for you guys to support Thinking in English and receive some amazing benefits. We have conversation clubs at least six times a week, allowing you to practice your English speaking. We offer weekly discussion sessions with English tutors, including me, where you can ask any questions you have. We have a Discord server and chat rooms, so you can talk and meet other English learners and practice English. I release bonus episodes every Friday, and depending on your subscription level, there are also free English group classes and one-on-one conversations with me available. There are also some new and exciting new benefits coming in the next few weeks, so join now. I'm currently offering seven-day free trials if you join right now. Click the link in the description or go to www.patreon.com forward slash thinking in English to join now. Hello, I'm Tom Wilkinson and welcome to the Thinking in English podcast, a podcast for intermediate to advanced level English learners. Do you know how to argue in English? Well, listen to this episode to find out how to build your argumentation skills and apply these in your personal life, work life and academic life. You can find the full transcript for this episode for free over on the Thinking in English blog. The link is in the description. Here is today's vocabulary list. To persuade to persuade, to convince someone to accept your viewpoint or take a particular action. For example, the teacher tried to persuade the students to participate in the community cleanup event by explaining its importance. To convince, to convince, to make someone believe or agree with a certain idea or argument, as in, after presenting all the evidence, She managed to convince her colleagues that the new project proposal was worth pursuing. Counter-argument. Counter-argument. Opposing viewpoints or arguments that challenge your main argument. For example, in the debate, she carefully considered and refuted several counter-arguments to strengthen her position on the issue. Credibility. Credibility. The trustworthiness and believability of a source or speaker. As in, the scientist's long history of accurate research gave him credibility when discussing climate change and the environment. Antithesis. Antithesis. Presenting contrasting ideas to highlight the strengths of your argument. As in, by comparing the benefits of recycling to the environmental costs of waste disposal, she used antithesis to underscore the importance of recycling. Active listening. Active listening. Paying close attention to what others are saying. For instance, during the team meeting, he demonstrated active listening by nodding, asking clarifying questions and summarising his colleagues' viewpoints. To resonate. To resonate. Elicit a positive response or connection with the audience. 
For instance, the speaker's passionate speech about equal rights resonated with the audience, prompting a standing ovation. In today's interconnected world, the ability to argue, win arguments and persuade in English is not just a valuable skill, it's a tool that can lead to personal and professional success. Whether you're presenting a case at work, engaging in a passionate conversation with your friends or expressing your ideas in writing, the ability to argue is always useful. And that is what this episode of Thinking in English is going to explore. We are going to look at various aspects of argumentation and persuasive writing, from the basic elements of grammar and vocabulary to the art of persuasion and strategies for winning arguments. Whether you're a student looking to get a high mark in your English essays, a professional aiming for career advancement, or simply someone passionate about arguing and improving your English skills, hopefully this episode will help you achieve your goals. So let's start at the beginning. Why does learning to argue in English matter? Well, imagine being able to express your ideas persuasively, whether it's convincing your colleagues at work, debating a topic with friends, or negotiating a business deal. This ability is, a, is an essential skill for all upper-intermediate English learners to acquire. Let's consider some everyday scenarios where the ability to argue makes a real difference. At work, picture yourself in a meeting where you need to propose a new project idea. To succeed, you must articulate your thoughts clearly and convincingly. When your colleagues, managers or company executives disagree with you or question your ideas, you need to be able to argue and debate professionally. Or with friends. Think about a friendly discussion about your next vacation destination. Your ability to argue your case effectively could mean going to your dream location. In fact, arguments with friends, family or partners happen almost every day. Or in academics. For students, mastering argumentation is critical for writing persuasive essays or participating in classroom discussions. Virtually every essay, every paper, every assignment, every thesis I wrote throughout my time at university required a strong and convincing argument. Learning how to argue also helps you avoid misunderstandings. English is a nuanced language, and if you can't express your ideas effectively, others may in misinterpret your English, and this can result in frustration and miscommunication. As you develop your ability to argue, you naturally become more confident in your English-speaking abilities too. Confidence is a vital element of successful communication. And beyond everyday life, argumentation is a skill that can significantly impact your career. Think about job interviews or negotiations for a promotion. If you can make a compelling case for yourself, you're more likely to achieve your professional goals. Knowing how to argue is not just about winning debates. 
It's about effectively conveying your thoughts, opinions and ideas. It allows you to navigate through complex discussions and ensure that your voice is heard. So now let's take a look at some of the key skills and key structures that you need to be able to argue. So when thinking about your argument, there are a few different sections that can help you structure your debate. You should begin with a hook. This is often a strong statement or thought-provoking question that grabs attention. It can get your argument off to a great start. Some useful phrases here are, have you ever, many believe, what would. After your hook, you can introduce some useful background information. I always spend time introducing the background and context when I write arguments in Thinking in English episodes. It helps make everything clear and creates what is called a frame of reference. After the background is the thesis. This is your main argument. This is the key point you are trying to convince others with. This is why your company should give you a raise. This is why your friends should order pizza instead of pasta. This is the, the main thing, the main argument. Next, it's a good idea to present your evidence. Use reason and evidence to support your argument and show the power of your ideas. This could be statistics, facts, numbers or research from experts. It's also important to look at counter-arguments, arguments opposite to what you are stating. This shows you have done your research and also allows you to show why you disagree with those counter-arguments. And finally, you have a conclusion where you summarise your main points and leave that lasting impression. Vocabulary is also important when arguing. The richer your vocabulary, the more effectively you can build your case. So I'm going to introduce quite a lot of vocabulary now, and a lot of this will be very useful if you're thinking of taking an IELTS exam um, or just arguing in English. So let's go through. Agreement and disagreement vocabulary. So when you agree with something, you can use words like concur, support, endorse, advocate, or when you disagree, oppose, refute, contradict, challenge, and dissent. Introducing arguments. To structure your argument, use first, second, third. To add more points or evidence, furthermore, moreover, additionally. Or to emphasise the importance of multiple points, in addition to, not only, but also. Providing evidence. When you want to introduce specific examples, you can use for example, for instance, such as. If you want to rephrase or clarify a point, in other words, that is to say. And when you're referencing credible sources, you can use according to. Research indicates, studies have shown. Contrasting ideas. When you need to present opposing viewpoints or contrasting ideas, this vocabulary comes in useful. However, nevertheless, on the other hand, if you want to acknowledge a counter-argument before refuting it, you can use while 
although, even though. Concluding and summarising. To signal the end of your argument, use in conclusion. To sum up. To summarise. To indicate a logical result or conclusion, therefore. Hence. Thus. Or to give a final assessment, overall. All in all. To conclude. Strong statements and emphasis. To emphasise the strength of your argument, words like undoubtedly, certainly and clearly are really useful. If you want to highlight the importance of a specific point, crucially, importantly and significantly can be used. Expressing certainty and uncertainty. When you want to show certainty, definitely, absolutely, without a doubt. When you want to express uncertainty or a degree of doubt, possibly, perhaps, it's conceivable. Counter-arguments. To introduce potential counter-arguments, you can use phrases like Some may argue. It could be argued that. And when you want to transition into a counter-argument yourself, on the contrary, contrarily, conversely. Transition words and phrases. To add information, phrases like furthermore, additionally, moreover, should be used. When you show contrast, try using in contrast, on the contrary, however. And to indicate cause and effect, therefore, consequently, as a result. And finally, we have persuasive language. To describe strong arguments, words like compelling, convincing and persuasive are useful. And to describe evidence that cannot be disputed, words like irrefutable, unassailable and incontrovertible are useful. So I just introduced a lot of vocabulary. It's all in the blog uh, transcript. The link's in the description. So you can take a note and use this in your next essay, your next English exam. But let's move on to the art of persuasion. Because learning how to argue in English requires more than just a knowledge of vocabulary. You need to know how to use this language effectively. Three key elements of persuasion can help you become more persuasive in arguments. The first is ethos. Ethos appeals to your credibility and trustworthiness. To use ethos effectively, establish yourself as a knowledgeable and reliable source. Cite credible references and speak with authority on the topic. Presenting yourself as an expert or using expert evidence is an excellent tool to make your arguments more convincing and strong. When you go to visit a doctor for surgery, you feel more confident when they use expert qualifications. For example, as a renowned heart surgeon with over 20 years of experience, I can assure you that this procedure is safe and effective. In this statement, the speaker is a renowned heart surgeon, using their professional experience and expertise to establish their credibility, their ethos, in order to persuade the audience that the medical procedure they are dis discussing is trustworthy and reliable. Next is pathos. 
This appeals to emotions. To tap into pathos, connect with your audience on an emotional level. There are various ways to do this. You could share personal anecdotes. This is a tactic I use in thinking in English episodes, using stories and more about my life to make my arguments and ideas more convincing and relatable. Other ways to appeal to emotion is uh, through the use of vivid language or by telling stories that evoke empathy or stare emotions. Have you ever seen a TV commercial encouraging you to donate to charity? They use pathos all the time. Imagine the faces of these starving children, their eyes filled with tears and hopelessness. By donating just a small amount, you can make a significant difference in their lives. In this statement, vivid and emotional language evokes empathy and compassion in the audience. The image of the starving children with tears in their eyes is meant to tug at your heartstrings and motivate us to take action, so donating, out of a sense of empathy and care. This is an appeal to pathos. And finally, we have logos. This appeals to logic and reason. Use sound logic, facts, statistics and evidence to support your arguments and make sure your ideas are rational clear and well-structured. Research shows that regular exercise combined with a balanced diet can significantly reduce the risk of heart disease. By making these healthy lifestyle choices, you can increase your life expectancy and improve your overall well-being. In this statement, the speaker is using logical reasoning and evidence-based information, so research, to support the argument that regular exercise and a balanced diet leads to better health outcomes. This is an appeal to reason and evidence and an example of logos. So how can we add this persuasive language to our writing? There are a number of different techniques. One tactic I often use is rhetorical questions. These are thought-provoking questions to engage audiences and guide them to your intended conclusion. Actually, I just used one of these rhetorical questions, introducing this part of the episode. Did you notice? It was, how can we add persuasive language to our writing? Rhetorical questions are designed to keep the audience thinking and engaged. As well as rhetorical questions, I often use repetition when arguing. I like to reiterate key points or phrases to emphasise their importance. This doesn't mean saying the exact thing again and again. Instead, you can try to rephrase certain parts of your argument or restate specific points. Another tactic for effective arguments is antithesis. In other words, you can present contrasting ideas in close proximity, so close together, to highlight the strength of your argument. Take the opposite perspective and use it to show how your argument is strong. A great example of antithesis comes from Martin Luther King Jr. when he said, We must learn to live together as brothers or perish together as fools. Moreover, analogies and metaphors are very popular persuasive techniques. We can use these to simplify complex ideas and make them more relatable. 
An analogy is a comparison between two things to highlight their similarities, while a metaphor is a figure of speech that implies a direct similarity between two unrelated things. For example, when arguing about the value of teamwork in a workplace, you might use the analogy, teamwork is like a well-oiled machine. Each part must work together smoothly for the whole system to function effectively. Or in an argument about the importance of innovation, you could use the metaphor, creativity is the fuel that propels us forward. One of the most potent tools in persuasion is storytelling. Humans are naturally drawn to narratives and tales shared by other people. During an argument, negotiation or debate, you could share relevant stories, anecdotes or case studies to illustrate your point. Stories not only make your arguments more engaging, but also help your audience to remember and connect with your message. In persuasive arguments, it's also vital to strike a balance between emotion and logic. While pathos can tug at the heartstrings, it must be supported by strong logos to maintain credibility. So in other words, avoid just using emotion and instead balance emotion with expertise, with facts and reason. Avoid that emotional manipulation and ensure that you're relevant and authentic. And remember that different audiences may respond to different persuasion techniques. Adjust your approach to your specific audience's needs, interests and values. What works or resonates with one group might not work for another. So how can we win an argument? We've covered a lot about arguments in English so far. The vocabulary, persuasive language, uh, ethos, logos and pathos and why argumentation is an important skill. But how can we actually win an argument? Well, first, one of the fundamental strategies for winning arguments in English is thorough preparation. Research, research and research. Gather as much information as possible about your topic. The more you know, the better you can anticipate counter-arguments and strengthen your own position. So following on from this, you need to anticipate counter-arguments. Think critically about potential objections to your argument. Think about what your opponent is going to say. At university, this could be an alternative theory or perspective. At work, this could be meaning uh, this could mean your manager's objections to how much your new project is going to cost. In your personal life, this could be understanding how your friends are going to argue for the restaurant you don't like. By addressing these counter arguments in advance, you'll appear well prepared and more convincing. You can prepare what to say in these situations. Second, Winning arguments isn't just about making your case. It's also about understanding and respecting your opponent's viewpoint. Active listening and empathy play crucial roles here. Active listening means paying close attention to what your opponent is saying. Avoid interrupting and ask clarifying questions if necessary. This not only shows respect, but also helps you respond effectively. And incorporating empathy into your argument 
involves trying to see the argument from your opponent's perspective, acknowledge their valid points and concerns, and this can create common ground and make your position more reasonable. Third, maintain a respectful tone. Maintaining a respectful tone is essential for winning arguments, especially in English where politeness is highly valued. Avoid personal attacks, name-calling or aggressive language. Instead, focus on the issues and ideas at hand. A respectful tone not only wins arguments, but also makes positive relationships. Moreover, supporting your arguments with evidence and examples is always a winning strategy. This adds credibility to your position. You can use facts and statistics, you know, present data. You could use expert testimony, quoting experts in the field. Or you could share real-world stories or examples that illustrate your point. And finally, you should know when to quit. You should know when to give up. Winning an argument doesn't always mean convincing the other party completely. Sometimes it means knowing when to concede gracefully. If you realise that your opponent has a stronger position, acknowledging their point can demonstrate honesty and open the door for more future discussions. Or, if you realise the other person is never going to change their mind, no matter what your argument is, then you may want to consider giving up. Overall, winning arguments in English involves a combination of preparation, active listening, empathy, respect, using evidence and staying calm under pressure. So here is today's final thought. Learning to argue effectively in English is a valuable skill for success in various aspects of life. Practice the techniques I've introduced today, stay confident and remember that each argument is a chance to improve your communication skills and reach your goals. Keep learning and you'll see how persuasive language can shape your world and change your outcomes. This episode introduced a lot of new vocabulary, so I really recommend going over to the transcript and making sure you read everything, make notes where you need. Um, and I also introduced not just vocabulary, but some techniques and ideas. Things like logos, pathos, ethos are things to remember when you make arguments. Whether they're tiny little arguments about where to eat for dinner tonight with your partner, or they're quite large and important arguments over a job promotion, or over something uh, much more important and, uh, I guess, requiring money at work. So... What do you think? When was the last time you had an argument in English? Have you ever had an argument in English? And do you think you are good at making arguments? For me, I think I am very good at making academic arguments. I'm not so good in my personal life with my partner. She tends to win most of the arguments. But how about you? Let me know by leaving a comment. You can comment on the transcript. Um, the transcripts are always linked in the description of the podcasts. There's a big word that says transcript. You can click it and go to the website. I've also tried to make my website slightly clearer recently. So if you go onto the menu, you'll now see a transcript section underneath the blog. And also there's a podcast section, which has all the transcripts as well. 
Um, or you can leave a comment on Spotify, which many of you are doing at the moment. And I tend to pin every single comment that I receive as long as it makes sense. Um, so yeah, leave a comment on Spotify. I love reading all of your feedback. Uh, make sure to rate me five stars on Spotify as well. There's lots of new listeners of Thinking in English, and I know many of you have not rated me yet. So I would like a five-star rating on Spotify. Let's try and get to 10,000 ratings by the end of this year. And also leave me a review on Apple. That would be great as well. But thank you all for listening today, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.